Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. That's right. This is the Above180.com podcast. I am co-host Tim Berg along with Joey Serrar. Joey, how are things going as bowling is starting to get back into the swing of things? We're about three quarters of the way through September, almost into October. Leagues are in full swing now. You know, it's one of my favorite times of the year, Tim. Uh, I mean, I love fall. Uh, the, the temperature around here is perfect in the 70s, and the, the leaves are just starting to change colors. We've had a good month of, of business at the Pro Shop, which kind of helps us out since the last three months in summer are always a little bit slower, so we got to pay the bills. And, and bowlers are so excited about getting back into the sport, Tim. Things are getting rolling back in the Washington, D.C. area where I'm bowling league on the uh, Tuesday night competitive doubles league. Was a little disappointed this year. We lost a couple teams. Really do have a hard time with that later start getting teams that want to bowl. Even though it's only a doubles league, a lot of people shy away from the 930 start. Joey, let's get right to it. Have some ball reviews we're going to talk about today starting out of the October edition of the Bowler's Journal. What did you review this month? Well, it was a nice short month for me, having only three entries, and uh, but all three unique in their own respect. Uh, the first one let's talk about is from a company called Elite, uh, based out of the West Coast area. Nick Melnikoff is the uh, president of the company, and they make some of the more pricey products on the market, Tim, but I'll tell you, some of the, the better products, uh, they're kind of an unknown company, but their bowls perform phenomenally. Uh, the first one is the Black Alien, kind of a remake of the older, from last year, Black Label. Uh, strong, arcing, mid-lane hooking ball that'll, that'll handle any oil volume you throw at it. Uh, we gave it a 57 hook rating, uh, a 14 length rating, which is medium, and a 15 and a half breakpoint shape. Basically meaning, depending on layout, you can make this ball a little angular or you can drill it down if you, if you want it to kind of hook set. Uh, the cover comes sanded at a 1,000 grit. And uh, again, our high-speed player with low revs loved it because the ball read the lane. Uh, our power player could send this ball coast to coast. And our strokers could finally hook a ball even on an oilier lane condition. Excellent. So this ball really sounds like then it could fit into almost anyone's bag if you're looking to replace your your stronger ball. Exactly. This ball excels at devouring any oily lane condition. It's medium RG, so it won't rev up so early it'll hook and die. And uh, again, all ball all bowlers need to have at least one ball in their arsenal that covers some boards, and uh, this is definitely one of the hookingest balls we have tested in four years. Uh, the other entry from Elite is called the Saber. A little bit of a pearlized hybrid cover, uh, a little bit basically designed to complement the Black Alien in that you're going to see a couple feet more length, about three to four boards less total hook, but with a smoother motion down lane. So this ball is a little more geared toward the power player or for bowlers who want to control the last 20 feet by seeing less angular motion. So it sounds to me like then this would be a ball that would work good for someone who does bowl a lot of, 
a sport patterns or PBA experience because I know on those patterns you don't want the ball that's going to snap on the back end hard on you and you want predictability. Am I correct in that assumption? You know, you are correct because on a lot of sport conditions, the, the back ends can be pretty clean. And since oil volume can be less at the end of the pattern, uh, you don't see as much carry down. So a ball that's arcing is actually easier to keep in play. In other words, keep it in the pocket. Whereas on a house condition, which is heavier oil at the end of the pattern, which guides the ball to the pocket, carry down can be a little bit more prevalent. And there are times you need a ball that's more aggressive in the last 20 feet, especially in games two and three. And that's where the black uh, alien would come into play more so than the saber. Great. And, and this is really what I like about this podcast that we're doing, Joy, because these are two pieces that you, you gave great reviews to. But a ball that you're not going to see, you're not going to see them maybe at your pro shop necessarily, or you're not going to hear a lot about them, you're not going to hear about them through word of mouth, but that doesn't mean that they're not good and will not fit into your bag. Well, and that's it. And, uh, you know, as a pro shop, I mean, we have over 80 high-performance balls on what we call our ball wall. I can't handle every ball that comes out in the market, primarily because there's not enough room. Most pro shops can't because it's too expensive. By reading the reviews in the Bowler's Journal, and there's other good publications that write good ball reviews as well, uh, one being Bowling This Month, uh, and there's some online sites, ballreviews.com is, is a good place to, to hear about certain balls. Uh, you know, if, you, if there's a ball that intrigues you and, and your ball driller hasn't heard of it or hasn't tested it, that doesn't mean he can't order it for you or, worst case scenario, you can order it online and bring it in there, but, I mean, the bottom line is it could be a ball that's great for your game. It's always nice to support your local pro shop. Oh, and, you know, and, and the reason I say that, Tim, is, you know, the local pro shop pays taxes, employs local people, supports local high schools and tournaments. Uh, we give back to the community, and it, it's if there's no good pro shops in a certain area, I mean, you know as well as I do, you have to go search for one. And that's not always easy. People don't know this probably, but Joey, I've stuck with you since when I lived in the Milwaukee area. I've just continued to stick with you because a lot of it, like you said, it goes back to trust and who you like what you have. So kind of why change it? And and I think you're, you're right on, on the online aspect of things. Well, that's it. You know, everyone wants to save a buck. And, you know, I'm in that same group. You know, you try and save money when you can, but you, you want to support a business that genuinely wants to help your game. I mean, the online retailers, they don't care if your average goes up or down. Your pro shop guy does. Even if he's just drilling your stuff that you're buying online, he still wants to see you score. He wants you happy. He'll make little changes in spans and pitches and surface changes to, to make you happy. The online retailers, they want to make the buck, and, and that's it. Well, exactly. And, and, Joey, let's say I'm averaging 185, 188, and I want this new bowling ball that maybe is maybe is a, a couple bucks cheaper online, but I'm to the point of where I say, well, but I want the pin here, or I want this sort of ball with this sort of, you know, where the pin's set up here, I want to drill it for this. Online, a lot of times, it's, it's here you go, you get what you get, correct? Well, it, it can be. I mean, there are times you can specify what pin you want, but how do you know what pin is designed for the layout you want? You see, that that's where the expertise of your ball driller comes into play. I mean, he knows your, your axis point. Uh, he, he can have an idea of what your speed and rev rate are. He'll know your axis tilt and rotation. He'll know how to design the proper layout for the hook motion you're looking for. Whereas the online retailer will just, oh, you want a three to four pin? Fine, that's what I'll send you. He doesn't know if it's going to work or not, and he probably doesn't care. 
uh, you know, your personal ball driller does care. Well, exactly. And you can also, after you get that new ball punched up, go back to him and say, you know what, this isn't really doing what I want. Maybe we need to, to tweak the tweak the surface of it. Maybe we need to put a weight hole in it. Maybe we need to do something a little different where, how do you do that online? Well, th- that's it. And in fact, a good example, uh, I had a customer come in with an online ball and he wanted it very aggressive. And the ball he had purchased was a pin-in ball, meaning the pin was one inch from center of gravity. Uh, so there's no way to drill it as dynamically as I could if it was a pin-out ball. So we, we did the best we could. We did a, what's called a trick layout where the pin and CG are, are near the ring finger, and we did a weight hole. And we got as much out of that ball as we could get, but to be honest with you, it could have been stronger if it had the right pin and CG location. Well, great, Joey. And you also bring up an interesting point there with weight holes because that's one thing a lot of bowlers – sometimes wonder why is this weight hole in here what does this weight hole do is it just to make the ball legal so it fits you know fits the USB-C certifications or is it for my benefit well again weight holes are in there for a reason uh, primarily to ensure static weights pass USB-C rules but um, Mo Pinnell has summed it up really really well with his gradient line balancing techniques and dual angle terminology uh, weight holes can be positioned in four basic locations. Uh, what's called P1, which is on your access point, will reduce track flare approximately 20%. So if a bowler comes in and says, my ball is a little too snappy on the back or I, I need to subdue its, its hook motion down lane, that is where most will want to put their weight hole. It reduces track flare, which again gives you more length and a slightly smoother back-end motion. Uh, If a player comes in and says, you know, I need this ball kicked up a notch, Uh, it's not quite turning the corner as strong as I need, it's not reading the friction as quickly or as assertively as I want, can a weight hole help? And it definitely can. Uh, There's a a positionings called P3 and P4, which are further from your axis point, closer to what's called the PSA, preferred spin axis of the ball. I know this is all technical, but but it basically positions the weight hole in, in the lower quadrant closer to your thumb. That can increase track flare 20 to 40 percent uh, by increasing the ball's differential, which means you'll get more track flare, which means more down lane hook and possibly even more mid lane hook, which can help on oilier conditions. All great stuff, Joey, and that's what we hope to bring you here on the Above180.com podcast because I know uh, I'm guilty of this. I, I'm raising my hand. I've already got a ball from Joey, and uh, the, the person made a comment down by me. One of my teammates said, oh, you got a weight hole down here, and, it's, and I said, yeah. But if they would have asked me what the weight hole was supposed to do, I have to be honest, I couldn't have told them. So that, that's all great stuff, and it's one of those things that when you go into your local pro shop, don't be embarrassed to ask them a question. Say, hey, exactly, what is this weight hole going to do? Uh, what is it supposed to accomplish? What will it help? What will it not help? Because any feedback you can give the guys like Joey that are drilling your equipment are all a benefit. Well, and, and that's a good point, Tim. Now, let's say, you know, Bowler B goes into his pro shop and says, you know, what will a weight hole do here or here? And he doesn't know or, or, or won't give you the time of day and answer you, you'll go elsewhere. You need to find someone that is willing and able to help you and who has the knowledge of putting the hole in the right place. And there's many drillers that maybe don't know all the intricacies, and they kind of give ball drillers a bad name to a certain extent because 
uh, again, their, their knowledge is just not where it should be, considering uh, you know they're taking a bowler's game into their hands. And uh, some people quit because they don't get the right reaction. And, you know, again, you, you have to find the right ball driller. Okay, Joey, got this email. And, again, if you have an email question for us, we'd love to hear from you. They're starting to pour in, Joey, as the show gets rolling and picks up steam. The email is above 180 at gmail.com. That's above 180 at gmail.com. And this one is addressed. It says, Joey, I really liked the podcast last week when you were talking about dual angle drilling. How do I approach my local pro shop operator when buying a new ball and how I want it drilled? What should I tell him? What does he need to know? I've been going to the same ball driller for 10 years and I'm happy with him for the most part, but I'm not sure if he's using just your standard drilling or the more advanced like you talked about or if I even need the advanced dual angle drilling just to make the ball a little more versatile. Uh, if you could comment and keep up the good work. <laughs> and he also puts at the end here, go bears. And this is from Ron in Orland park, Illinois. Well, you know, I'm a bear fan too, but not when they're playing the Packers. Uh, and I, now getting back to, to his question, you know, as a ball driller, I need to know certain specifications about an individual to do uh, perform a dual angle drilling properly. Uh, we need to know his ball speed and rev rate, and most importantly, do they match each other? In other words, say you're a 300 rev rate bowler with 14 miles an hour speed, and your brother is a 300 rev rate with 17 miles an hour speed. Uh, he's going to be a match, whereas you're going to be more rev dominant. Your layout will be noticeably different than his. And then the other intangibles that come into play, your, your ball driller needs to know your access point. He needs to measure the diameter of your track to find what's called your axis tilt. And he needs to know what your axis rotation is, which is uh, technically where the positive axis point is at release point in relationship to the center point of the ball or the, the vertical and horizontal equator of the ball. And that can only be done with videotape. And, and that's something we provide for our customers is free videotaping to acquire these numbers. It's something new we just started, but uh, again, it, it really gives us a solid knowledge base of an individual's game, and we can do better layouts and stay away from the wrong layouts and prevent bo boat anchors from happening. Well, exactly. It sounds like this guy in his email is fairly happy with what he's getting drilled right now at his local pro shop operator. Um, doesn't, doesn't sound like he's unhappy, so I think he's just maybe curious uh, I know a lot of times when a ball reaches its its end life, so to speak, where it's a couple years, three years old, or however many games it has on, it just doesn't quite pop like it used to, and you want a new ball, I think he's just maybe hoping that he can go in and, and, and help his pro shop operator out to get the most out of out of his equipment, and, and that's all we're all trying to do, and I know from speaking to you, Joey, when when, when I come to you and, and flustered and say, hey, Joey, I'm looking at a new piece, that's, that's what your first, first question is, and then what are you looking for? What do you want the ball to do? Exactly, Tim. And it's a two-way street. I mean, you have to be honest with your ball drill. You can't come in and say, you know, I'm a high-rev guy and, and I hook it from here to there, whereas in reality you don't and, and you have a low-rev rate. I mean, giving him misinformation will get you the wrong layout, obviously. Exactly. And I know uh, you wouldn't believe how many times just, just hanging around at the pro shop, you hear people, everyone comes in and I'm sure you hear this more than I do. Just from what I hang out over there with you guys when I come up and visit, everyone everyone's a 300 plus rev rate and throws it like Robert Smith, right? Well, they, they like to think so. and But I think more and more bowlers are, are realizing the importance of, of honesty 
to really get what they need. And if you're not a high rev guy, I mean, so what? Norm Duke is not a high rev guy, and I think he is probably the consummate PBA player out there. Uh, Walter Ray is lower than Norm Duke's rev rate, and he is the best out there. And the guys that hook it and curve it, like Robert Smith and, and Pete Weber, I mean, God love them, but they get shut out more often than the low rev guys. I was going to say, I, I agree completely. It seems like there's certain patterns that fit their game that they're going to score well on, but they're not always going to score well. And, and your guys who are more, more accurate, the straighter, the lower rev guys, are, are always going to have maybe not their A game, but they might have their B game. And their B game might be better than the high rev guys be game on a straight pattern because he can't move far enough right. Right. And, and speaking of low rev guys, I mean, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about our third ball from the October issue that we kind of got away from. But it's a new track called a 715T. T signifies traction. 715 equates to the cover and core strength. And again, another strong hooking ball in October, a 55 hook rating. 13 length, so this ball reads the pattern earlier, so again, it'll, it'll handle the, the heavier volume patterns and the high-speed players, and it has a 14 breakpoint shape, so no matter what layout we put on that ball, it was not angular. So again, this will be an arcing piece, very smooth motion, easy to control, and again, tracks make it some great stuff. Yeah, so I, again, this ball, it seems like this month I could sense a pattern in, in the balls that you tested. You must have had a lot of oil for what you're throwing on because all of them wanted to, to read the lane early, correct? Well, it, it's hook, hook, and hook. You know, a 53 hook on the Sabre, a 55 on the track, uh, a 57 on the Black Elite. So these balls are going to look bad on a light volume or short pattern because they're designed for oil. I mean, it's like trying to use a driver on a 110-yard hole. I mean, you don't. Uh, unless you have a swing like mine. Um, you know, so again, the, you have to use the right ball on the right environment for it to shine and strut its stuff. And uh, again, oil, long patterns. High-speed players will love any one of these three. Uh, handed players will always love these, uh, providing... Uh, you know, they're on the right condition as well. Well, and great, Joey. And you hit on one point there that I just wanted to touch upon for a minute. Moving, like I mentioned, I have all across the country. That is the one thing that I really see that maybe separates bowlers in the Midwest as opposed to bowlers. Some of my bowlers I see around this area on the East Coast, and not everyone, obviously, is they have all shiny equipment, or they have all the same equipment, same, same surface, same cover stock. Everything kind of does the same thing. And then they'll go to a, a pattern, whether it be uh, a, a tournament, rather. They'll go to the USBC, or they'll go to uh, the Peterson, or they'll go to the Hoinky, or they'll go to one of these tournaments, and just not have anything that, that hooks early, that checks up a little early and is drilled for oil. And, and uh, I just can't believe that people still do that in this day and age. You know, Tim, I'll tell you, you know, I always get customers come in and say, you know, I need more hook or less hook. And I say, you know, maybe if you pay attention more to where the ball hooks as opposed to how much, it'll help you carry better. And they go, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, well, when you're on an oilier environment or longer pattern, you need the ball to start hooking at near 40, 42 feet. And if the ball gets into the right hook phase at the right spot, your pin carry will be good. If it hooks too late, I don't care how much it's hooking, you're going to leave corner pins. And, and that's what bowlers need to do is pay attention to where it's hooking. And if it's too late, you need to scuff that ball up with a, an Avalon pad or a Scotch-Brite. And consequently, if it's hooking too early, you need to put some polish on it 
or move into a part of the lane that gives you some oil for length. So, you know, don't be preoccupied with how much it hooks, but more where it hooks front to back. Well, exactly. And, and people sometimes, again, like you said, they, 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 it's, it's very sometimes hard, hard to notice to the person who's just getting rolling, maybe has that 80, 185 average of when a ball skids through the break point. But you or I know when we watch it and it's supposed to be, be making that left-hand turn or starting to make that motion towards the pocket and it just skates an extra two or three feet, that's all the difference in the world in a lot of these tournaments. Well, that's it, Tim. And if you really want to use the cover the way it was formulated and intended, use it with a two or 4,000 dull surface. You know, in other words, like Mo Pinnell says, hide the polish. I mean, don't use polish because that will kind of constrict or, let's say, subdue the cover's traction in oil. And granted, it's nice to see some skid flip now and then, but there are times that skid flip can get you into trouble with carry down or let's say, an inconsistent reaction when the ball leaves the pattern, or let's say more confusion when the lane goes through oil transition. And on that note, Joey, what a, what a great show. Time flies when we're doing these things. You've been listening to the Above180.com podcast with co-host Joey Sarar and Tim Berg. Joey, it was a pleasure again. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an email for us, please drop us an email right now at above 180 at gmail.com that's above 180 at gmail.com we'll try to answer a couple of those every week if we get the chance or like this week we just get going off on a tangent and then get stuck with a couple emails left here in the hopper joey so we'll have to hit the rest of them next week sounds good timmy 